Welcome back to Legally Empowered. I'm your host, Sahara Pines, and I'm really excited to bring this podcast to you. As an attorney and former business owner myself, I'm passionate about drawing on my own experience and insight to set my female clients up for success. I know my guest today feels the same. Today, I'm speaking with Kimia Klein, a family law partner in our Los Angeles office. Kimia's practice focuses on a wide range of family law issues, including dissolution, parentage actions, custody disputes, support issues, property division, prenuptial agreements, domestic violence, business valuation, and other related topics. Kimia and I are here today to talk about protecting business assets before and during a divorce, and I know she has tons of great tips. Thanks for being here, Kimia. Thank you, Sahara. It's my pleasure to be here today. So just before COVID, we hosted an amazing panel discussion for our female founders and clients, and you were like the star of the panel. Everyone wanted to know how to protect their assets in case of a separation or a divorce. And I can only imagine that with all of us being stuck home with our spouses during lockdown, your practice has gotten busier? You know, it's a very interesting question. Um, I always like to talk about divorce and how COVID, if you spell it backwards, is two letters shy of divorce. So, you know, I think there is a, I think there's a lot of um, interesting things that happened with divorces during COVID. Actually, over the last one year, divorce rates have decreased across the country due to the pandemic. Most of this has to do with going from one household into two households and all of the significant costs that come as a result of having to maintain two households. Most people in America lost substantial income during the pandemic and didn't know what to expect. And so as a result, they stayed together Mm. and have really put the divorce process on hold. Now, with that being said, we did see a surge of newly filed cases in the middle of the pandemic, and that occurred around July and August, where people have been cooped up together for so long in their home after three, four months, and were ready to just move forward with their divorce. Ah, so it finally hit. (laughs) Yeah, it finally hit, and people just had it. We also saw in the family law world a lot of former clients coming in to modify child support and spousal support due to loss of income during the pandemic. So there was a big surge of returning clients. Well, that makes sense, certainly. Let's start at the beginning. So what can an early stage founder do to begin protecting business assets, maybe just at concept of business or at the start of operations? That's a great question, Sahara. I would say there are four things for an early stage founder to begin thinking about and putting into action. Number one, make sure you have a great corporate attorney who can assist with preparing all of the paperwork necessary and everything's documented. Number two, you should consult with a family law attorney, even if you aren't dating, engaged, anything like that. A family law attorney is great because they will give you options on protecting your assets. And one of those options is entering into a prenuptial agreement with your future spouse, which will help govern the disposition of assets and debts and spousal support in the event of a divorce. Mm -hmm. Number three, 
I strongly recommend that you also contact an estate planning attorney who can help draw up trusts and those some of those trusts can be separate property trusts that will govern also the character of your asset. So that's a great tool. And number four, this is something that the person should just do on their own is keep really good records and books of account. Keep hard copy documents and copies of all of your records of the incorporation records, the formation records, um, how much money you use to put into the business and finance it and all of the partners and you know copies of checks, copies of bank statements, all of that stuff is really, really important to keep because none of us think that we're going to actually need these documents 8, 10, 15 years down the road and it's really hard to go back in time to get those documents. So we've heard about the, the term prenup. But what exactly is a prenuptial agreement and what are the benefits of having one? Great question. So a prenuptial agreement is a contract between two spouses which will govern the disposition of assets, debt, property, and spousal support in the event of a divorce. A prenuptial agreement can also govern what happens in the event of death, but primarily it has to do with what happens in the event of divorce. You asked what the benefits are of having a prenuptial agreement. Yeah. One major benefit is if you own your own business, then you want to make sure that your spouse or the community, if you're in a community property state, does not obtain an interest in the business. One of the big benefits of this is that you can have your spouse waive their right to any interest in the business. This is a critical point, especially if you're in a community property state. Another big benefit of having a prenuptial agreement is you have the ability to determine what earnings or income will be separate versus community property instead of having all income that you earn during the marriage be community property if you're in a community property state. Another big benefit of doing a prenuptial agreement, and this goes with a point that I discussed earlier about maintaining good records. When you enter into a prenuptial agreement prior to executing, both parties are required to disclose all of their assets and debts. The idea is, is you should know what the other person is worth and has before limiting and waiving certain rights that you would otherwise be entitled to. As a result of this, you are maintaining that record that I said you should do earlier. You're going to have a list mm. of all of your separate property assets and debts, which get stapled to the back of the prenuptial agreement and you have it. And so in the event you divorce, we can go back in time and say, okay, well, here's everything that you had at the, at the date of marriage. And it was attached to your prenuptial agreement. Great. So there's not a spouse that can really hide assets at the prenup stage because that's going to be a requirement in order to enter the agreement. Right. If, if a spouse is going to hide assets, then the other spouse will have a great argument that maybe the prenuptial agreement should be set aside because the other spouse didn't provide full disclosure, which is a requirement. Makes sense. So what if a founder hasn't taken any of these steps yet, but is beginning to feel like their marriage or relationship is starting to unravel? What can they do? Great question. I would say 
consult with a family law attorney and understand your options. One of your options may be to enter into a postnuptial agreement with your spouse, which can define property rights in the event of a dissolution. A postnup is very similar to a prenuptial agreement, except it's done during your marriage. The only catch is, you know, is your spouse going to sign off on that postnuptial agreement? Remember, it takes two to tango and you can't force anybody to sign an agreement. So in that respect, you know, if, you're, if your spouse doesn't sign, you may want to pull the trigger and file for divorce. Something that would make that decision a lot easier if you're going to file or not is determining how long you've been married for and if you've hit that 10-year length of marriage in California. So a lot of people don't know, but in California, and this is Family Code Section 4336A, says that where marriage is of long duration, the court retains jurisdiction indefinitely after the divorce is completed unless the spouse agrees otherwise. Retaining jurisdiction means that the court has the ability to continue making decisions about matters between the spouses and can reevaluate its original order and modify them if it justifies a change. Any marriage that is longer than 10 years is automatically considered to be of long duration. Wow. And sometimes shorter marriages can be considered lengthy as well. So what does this mean? It means if you have a marriage that's longer than 10 years, you can presumptively pay spousal support for the rest of your life to your spouse, unless one of you die or your spouse remarries. And that's very, very scary. To it my is. knowledge, California, yeah, and to my knowledge, California is the only state that has this rule, which is very advantageous to the recipient spouse. So if you if you are, it, it's very scary. So if you're running a very lucrative business and you're making a lot of income, you know, you want to be mindful of this rule that's in California. So maybe it would behoove you to go file somewhere else instead of yeah. elsewhere. Especially if things aren't going well and uh, a, a spouse is encouraging a, a westward move to California. Correct. <laughs> oh boy. Well, thank you so much, Kimia, for joining me on this episode of Legally Empowered. I am thrilled to have your expertise on protecting business assets in case of a divorce and hope none of our listeners ever need the advice, but happy to have you here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today.